0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back, and we have a look at science this week. Science! That's right, folks. Dr. Scott and Lucas are back, and they're here to talk all about science And we are going to look at all the different things that are going on in the world right now. We're going to look at some of the marvels of the galaxy and even some of the things that are happening with computers. And, you know, it's there's just so so much to talk about. And, you know, that's why Dr. Geek is going to be with us because he has a whole podcast dedicated to science. And it's pretty awesome that we got him, you know, he's in his busy schedule and able to join us for tonight's episode. Speaking of this week's episode, my favorite assistant and co-host is Mr. Mike Gordon. Welcome to the show, sir.
2: Howdy. How are you, sir? Peachy keen and yourself?
1: I am doing great. We got, you know, summertime is, oh God, I hate to say it. It's almost wrapping up already. It's, you know, <laughs> the, almost the end of August. It's just, it's just like, boom, boom. It's just flying by and flying by. It's, it's really crazy you know it's true i
2: mean yeah. at, least,
1: at least i'm not waking up every day and hearing i got you babe on the radio so <laughs> it's, you know yet you know so uh, yet that's still to come so you know it's it's pretty awesome you know being home and everything but you know cuz my office at work hasn't gone back yet so we're going you know I'm virtually working and I know that, you know, a lot of folks they're slowly starting to open offices and stuff. I'm just curious what, you know, people are doing, you know, what offices are doing to help protect people and to set up and everything. So please, we'd love to hear from you guys. You know, please write us at EarthStation One at ESO network dot com. We definitely would love to hear what you guys have to say, what you have to talk about. And, you know, I'm also curious to see, you know, what you guys are to, you know, helping, you know, protect yourselves and everything. And, you know, speaking of protecting yourselves, um, the show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Tofosi, And Tofozy Optics is basically now going in and they are giving, you know, for the month of September, they are now, you know, going through and any any sale they do for the month of September is going to equal a donation of a face shield to educators or healthcare workers. That's pretty darn awesome that they're going ahead and doing that. They've got amazing sunglasses. They've got amazing you know merchandise there they've got gaming glasses protected glasses like we talked about last week they've got glasses to help protect your eyes from dust from you know f- when you do if you do woodwork construction anything like that they have safety glasses they basically call them so it's pretty darn awesome and now you're going to be helping out with any purchase from Tofosi that you are going to help you know also protect a you know educator or healthcare worker i think that's pretty darn awesome that tifosi is doing that and all you have to do is go to com, and you know be able to shop to your heart's delight and you know they have some great great stuff up there and if you put a coupon code of eso network right up in the uh, little space they have for coupons you get 10 percent off your order that's not too shabby, especially if you buy a couple different pairs of glasses. That adds up very, very quickly. So please, you know, check out tefosyoptics.com and, you know, you're helping, you know, looking cool and helping out the ESO network and also now helping out educators and healthcare workers. Awesome, man. That's really great that we're able to do that. And, you know, Tifosi optics total thumbs up from us. Also, we wanted to do a big shout out to our friends over at the ESO Patreon. That's right, folks. We had one of our patrons on last week in the Geek Seat. Would you want to see yourself up there? Yes, that's right. At uh, at the $10 level and above, If you sk- if you help support the ESO Network, you could actually get a shot at the Geek Seat. You can be up here and, you know, talk about all your geeky stuff. You never know. You know, who's going to be showing up to be in the Geek seat or just to talk to us here at ESO. we got a lot of great things doing, and, you know, we'd like to continue doing it. And if you help for, support the station for as little as $0.25 cents a week, it's not too shabby, folks. You can, you know, help support Earth Station One, Earth Station Who, the Dragon Con Report, Flopcast, you know, Dr. Geek's Lab. All the shows of the ESO Network. It's pretty darn awesome. And you know what, folks? All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. Pretty decent thing to do. So we got a lot to talk about this week. Let's jump in with both feet. We had two shows that we love watching, and we've talked about both on this show, on the network, and also on the show here. We've talked about Stargirl over the last you know, couple weeks. You know, they've had the last season of it. But we've also had the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finally come to an end after seven seasons. It's pretty awesome. So you had a wrap-up with some very familiar faces um, saying do," And with uh, Stargirl, you actually had a couple pretty cool cliffhangers at the end of the season. So we'll jump in with both. Mike and I watched both, and... Were you impressed with them were you disappointed you know how did it work for you
2: um i uh well regarding star girl that's the season one and uh what an impressive season that they had um they were able to finish uh filming uh prior to the shutdown the pandemic shutdown so uh everything is intact their finale and all that um uh, I love the way it built up. Uh, I love the conclusion of it. It just uh, it kept me riveted. It kept me guessing. Um, the characters are great, uh, even the ones I wasn't sure about in the beginning. I've learned to enjoy, and uh, I'm curious to where they, see where they go next. Um, uh, I definitely really appreciate it, and of course, as a lover of you know, uh, especially uh, Jeff Johns and uh, Robinson's run on Justice League. This stuff feels like um, it's right – some of that stuff feels like it's right out of the pages of those books.
1: Well, both of them have a love affair with Earth 2 and the character – you know, Jeff Johns has a huge connection with Courtney because that's based off of his sister. Right. Right. And so, you know, he has a connection there and he has an affinity for the golden age characters and, you know, he basically reinvented them for TV and brought them all to life. And it was awesome to see. And they had, you know, a mixing of the justice society. They also had a mixing of the seven soldiers of victory, which I was totally floored when they brought that in. Yeah. I never, I never thought you would see the shining night on TV <laughs> oh, wow. or in the picture. You saw, you know, the crimson Avenger and Wayne. Uh, you also saw the vigilante. You also saw, you know, you saw the earth two version of green arrow and speedy. Yeah, why,
2: know, it's why were pretty there awesome. People
1: in that picture? <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> talk about that. It's been a discussion for years. I know. Right. It, it, it was pretty awesome.
2: It's, Yeah. And, and, and because Jeff Johns is, I mean, this, I think out of all the shows that he's been a consultant on and whatnot and done sort of creative uh, endeavors for this one, you could tell man a lot to him. This one, I think, um, was the most uh, faithful adaptation of any of the, you know, CW shows to the original source material. I mean, if you read uh, Stars and Stripe, um, if you read Jeff Johns run, if you read and, you know, getting James Robinson involved as well with some of the writing in the scripts, smart move. um, There's there's a lot that uh, they pulled from as far as their runs on uh, those comics and it shows and, uh, and they got some great, you know, who would have thought, I would have never thought in a million years that Icicle would have been like, you know, a big bad villain that I would have like, you know, the, the big bad, right? Like, he's just usually a, a thug, you know, a, a, a second rate guy. But, man, the guy who played him and everything did not play him like a thug. They did not play. I mean, he was a mastermind. Um, Brainwave was was intimidating. Like, the villains in this are just as great as as the heroes that they've created, too.
1: Oh, very much so. It was great to see them up on the the big screen, and you also got to see, you know, what their plans were. You got to see the Injustice Society, that painting they had up on the wall, and I think that was done by Alex Ross. If I if I'm stand corrected, maybe maybe not. Let me know at home. But it was just beautiful because it had all the different members of the Injustice Society, and it was it was just great. Icicle, you know, it took me by surprise when I found out that he was the leader because in the comics, he was never the leader right. of the Injustice Society. A lot of times it was the Wizard or it was, you know, other the Shade or other members, but it was never the Icicle. And to make him such a strong character in this. And it was just really wonderful. I think he, in the final episode, I will... Put a little fault when his plan started falling apart i thought his character fell apart a little bit too and you know i thought that was a little weak but otherwise i thought it was great to see and you know when they were reading what the manifesto was for the for the injustice society's plans for america it was just like wow, that doesn't sound so bad, you know, <laughs> know. Well, how could I sign up for this? You know,
2: they say, you know, what makes a good villain is that he's like the, you know, the hero of his own story. And, and uh, there's a lot of truth to a lot of things oh, that very they, much so. they were fighting for, but, you know, obviously the, uh, the way they were doing it, uh, sometimes with a villain, that's all it is. It's just the manner of which they're trying to get their goals done.
1: Well, exactly. And that's what was the wonderful thing about it was you had the, just, you know, you, they, the way they were going through it was through mind control and such. It was just like, mm. and, but it it was fun. I was, it was awesome to see, you know, you saw Huntress and you saw Sportsmaster. And then at the very end, you got to see Shade, which was awesome. And, um, I feel very comfortable with Shade being involved in the series next season because, you know, James Robinson's involved with the series. And if you ever read his run on Starman, he handled the character perfectly. So I'm not worried about him being the mustache twirling villain and such. He might be more gray than black or white which is pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see who they cast as shade. I mean, obviously what we get is a, a shadow or, you know, sort of a, a, a figure silhouette. Yeah. Um, but that figure is easily recognizable to those of us who read Starman back in the day. That is, that is James Robinson's shade. <laughs> and, oh, very and, much so. And if we get James Robinson's shade, then all is well, but, um, look i gotta I gotta hand it to um you know starting the cast starting with uh Breck bassinger is her name i think uh basinger mm-hmm. um as Courtney she is outstanding you know she's she 's fun she 's young she 's energetic she she 's not annoying for a teenager she makes some really dumb decisions but yet, you know, it feels, it feels uh, legitimate. Um, and you know, her heart's in the right place. Plus she's very athletic. I mean, looking at her doing some of the stunts, uh, the fight sequences are amazing, uh, that they, uh, they have her do with the, the, the staff. Um, uh, you know, having uh Luke Wilson in there, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not. I can't say I was a huge Wil- Luke Wilson fan, but uh, him as Pat is is just great. They work. They have great chemistry. They work off together well. Uh, I was and glad. Stripe is
1: awesome. Yeah, I was, the vehicle itself. Yeah, awesome.
2: yeah, the 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 CG of Stripe is just yeah. That's really incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Stripe via versus Solomon Grundy throwdown was everything that you wanted it to be. Um, and uh, the rest of the cast, Amy Smart, I'm glad they brought the mother back, the mother into it. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting going forward. Still not sold on Mike yet. Um, you know, I think we're all thinking that he's going to be, you know, he's going to inherit the Johnny Thunder thing. Um, I, I'm not
1: 100% sure on that. Yeah, because I
2: don't know if I want it to go that way.
1: Mm-mm. I don't want to see that. I, I would like to see it more if they did the Joaquin Thunder. And, you know, it would be really neat to see because he has a friend, obviously, Joaquin. So they've mentioned him already. So they kind of dropped the thing for it but the, the pen is there so Johnny's is you know, there. and and Mike desperately
2: wants to be part of the, the club so well he technically out. took
1: out Icicle which is pretty <laughs>
2: awesome he certainly did um, oh by the
1: way we're going to spoil the final if you haven't seen it yet yeah. <laughs> um,
2: look uh, Yolanda and, and uh, Rick Tyler um, uh, and the others uh, I'm not you know they're they're okay. Um, I, I think um,
1: you had Beth Chapel and Doctor Midnight. You had Henry Thomas as Doctor yeah. Midnight's voice.
2: He's best buddy,
1: exactly. Which was pretty cool because he also played Doctor Midnight in the flashback. So it was pretty cool to see, and I thought it it was it was neat to see the characters come to life. For me, being a huge, huge Golden Age you know, fan, this was like heaven for me. This is what I was looking forward to. And I was like, please don't ruin it. Please don't ruin it. You have so much potential. You have a possible Green Lantern who could be out there. You have a possible Dr. Fate. You have, you know, there's still so many characters and they never even mentioned what happened to the original Starman yet. So it's pretty awesome. Because Sylvester is the second Starman. And then... Basically, you know, it was just interesting to see how that all inherited and everything. So there's so many different directions they can go with this. Uh, like you said, Solomon Grundy was awesome to see. Um, it, was nice CG on there well. it was nice CG. And, you know, I hope we don't see him that much next season, though. I'd like to go a different direction. And he actually, you know, got beat soundly by our man. And so in the the
2: comics, he kind of starts to be not a hero, but he starts to kind of work with the JSA. So it'd be interesting to see if they're going to pull that as well with this one. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, in you know, basically Jeff John's era, he basically has a crush on Courtney and that's why he becomes good. And so it'll be very interesting to see what they do with that. This
2: time he's going to have a crush on Rick.
1: He might. He might, <laughs> you never know. It is, you know, the 2020s. Hey, you know, so but it was also neat that we're also going to get a Calypso next season too.
2: Yeah. They, they hinted at Calypso. They hinted at, uh, of course, um, shade and they hinted at, uh, you know, um, Sylvester coming back and returning. So lots of things on the plate for next season. So we were already, uh, I'm going to be curious to see how they, Sort of uh, a lot of the the bad guys uh, know who uh, the the this young JSA is, so it'd be interesting to see how they resolve that. Um, particularly interested in the return of Shiv. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought she was really well done, and she's she was certainly underutilized at the end. I mean, she did have a, a final a, a fight with uh, Courtney at the end, but uh, but yeah, she's you know she's in for the long haul, like. If Courtney has a uh uh a, arch enemy. A, an arch enemy it's going to be Shiv, right? Oh, uh, yeah, so of it's course. pretty obvious.
1: That's what they totally set it up for, which so. was it was pretty awesome to see and I was really happy, you know, she's a interesting character. You also have, you know, some other characters floating out there that they hinted at. Like they also hinted at the, you know, Artemis who was the huntress and Sportsmaster's daughter. And she's, you know, a character from the comics. And also you have, of course, the Fiddler's son, you know, still out you there. You keep too. saying,
2: sorry, I just need to correct. You, you keep saying Huntress. Huntress. It's
1: Tigress. Huntress is Tigress. That's yeah. right. In, in <laughs> Gold-
2: I'm a Batman guy. I'm like, it's not Huntress. <laughs> it's not Huntress.
1: Please. No. It's not Helena <laughs> Wayne. No.
2: No, no. She's already been on Arrow. Um, yeah.
1: That doesn't mean anything, though.
2: No, that's true. She's uh, Yeah, because yeah. this is an entirely different Earth.
1: It is, so it would be very interesting to see what would happen um so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with you know with season two, and they're filming it here right in Atlanta area, so south of the city, so it's pretty awesome
2: so kudos so, to everybody involved with stargirl great, great first season. uh look forward to more um switching over to the what a show that ended that it has last of shield. Um, I have been critical of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've stuck with it, but I've been very critical of it. Um, and when it came back, I was kind of like, for one last season, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I've, I've made it this far. Let me just watch it. Um, but they, the storyline that they had this year with going back in different periods of time and working with a lot of characters that have been in the course of the season of the show, um, and introducing some new characters, I think it was the best season they've ever had. Um it was fun to watch every week, um it, it, different time periods, doing different things, pulling other like characters from uh they pulled a character from uh the Peggy Carter series. Mm-hmm. Um it made
1: him and made him a regular.
2: And made him a regular and uh, you know, that was great fun and uh I just thought that I just thought that they did a great job uh, wrapping everything up uh, much better than I thought they were capable of. I, I almost want more uh, <laughs> because I thought it was done so well. So uh, kudos to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for for that, because I I, I did not think that they could be this good.
1: I actually left the series uh, after I think season four or season five when they went into the future. I think that was season five. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that either. When they went into space and everything, I was just a little bit like, "Eh, "I'm not too, I'm not too sure about this." But you actually recommended, "Hey, Mike, go and watch it this season. It's been really good." So I went back and I got caught up and started watching it and. So glad I did this last season with the time travel, with the history, you got to see, you know, them trying to fight to keep S.H.I.E.L.D.'s history intact uh, because you had an alien race trying to wipe S.H.I.E.L.D. out so that way they could take over the planet in the future. So it was it was a neat way to see it and. I like how it all tied up. It was a good farewell for all the characters, especially seeing Coulson go off in you know Lola at the very end, and it was just it was just great, him you know flying off into the sunset almost. So it was neat. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was kind of like the perfect ending.
1: It was neat, and you know they've they veered off years ago from Agents of Shield uh, with the Marvel Universe with MCU so it was neat to see them go ahead and do that but i was these characters you almost became more vested in them this last season because you want you knew they were going towards an end now and you were curious to see how it went as they kept on dropping through the years and having to deal with you know different situations with being you know, you know, having to deal with history and dealing with racism and, you know, sexism and, you know, political, you know, nonsense and everything and different eras of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, taking and as they're doing it, history is getting ruined. They're basically creating a separate timeline right there. And it was it was just really interesting to see the, what happened and everything.
2: Yeah, the I think the highlight of it uh, all uh, was an episode um, about three or four from the end um, in which they were, I can't remember the name of the episode, but they were stuck in a time loop. And, you know, we've seen the time loop story several times, Star Trek, Groundhog Day, tons of stuff, right? Does the time loop thing. Um, but this seemed really fresh. Uh, it was directed by uh, Elizabeth Henstridge, who plays Gemma Simmons, and, and a very well, uh, very well debut directing job as well. Like I said, it was the best. It, not only, and it had some, like, it was fun to watch, and then it kind of had pulled, at, pulled you in at the end, and I had, you know, you had to get the tissues ready. So, um it was uh very well done the highlight of the season which was great as well as maybe even one of the best episodes of the entire series i thought it was uh thought it was really well done
1: it was very smartly done and it was neat that you had two characters knowing what was going on not just the one like usual like in star trek or something where it's war for something, you know, this time you had Quake and you also had Agent Colson, and they both knew what was going on because they had been unconscious when the loop started. And it was just neat. And it was great when they activated him the first time and Colson said, this is like the 15th time we've done this. And she's like, no, it's not. This is the first. And he's <laughs> like, no. And it was, it was just awesome. It was really well done. Um, Bravo. And I felt satisfied with the ending. You know, sometimes you, you know, have, you know, some endings where you go, huh? What? Don't stop believing? What do you mean? You know? <laughs> you know. But it's just, it was it was a nice farewell to these characters. Will we see them sometime in the future? Who knows? But I, Who knows? I, I'd be happy if you don't or not. You know, I'm really sad that we won't see, you know, Colson again. Because... I've just always liked the character from his very first appearance in the first Iron Man movie. So,
2: yeah, as you said, it kind of, as the show went on, it kind of, you know, drifted away from uh, the MCU proper. So who knows exactly where things stand. Uh, But I would love to see these characters again, particularly Coulson, obviously uh, May, Melinda May is one of the best characters that they created as well and uh you know some of the others would be fun to to check in with too i mean you have um uh, uh mac right who is the head of shield so you would think that uh you know he would be if anybody would be um uh, shown in going forward it would be him so uh but we'll just have to wait and see how that how that goes um but i would certainly i hope that i hope that this little chapter of the mcu as contained as it is does kind of live on in some way and and we do see there that that marvels not afraid to pull these characters occasionally to guest star on other marvel shows that we're going to get
1: no oh, exactly it would be great to see mac show up in you know falcon and winter soldier or exactly. See Coulson show up in the Loki show. It's like, hey, remember me?
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know,
1: something like that. It'd be awesome. But you know, I just—you never know—and that's the great thing about it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it and where they go with these characters. But Bravo Shield, thumbs up.
2: Yeah. You- if if anybody is out there is like wondering, or that you gave up on it, or whatever, just wondering if they should they should bother. Uh, I think the last season uh, makes up for a lot of uh, not so good stuff. So um, I will say, so um, if, yeah, I, I don't know, you can't, I don't think you can just watch the last season without watching some of the rest of it because there's so much stuff that, you know, I think you means a lot more if you've watched the rest of the series. Uh, But, um, but it, it is a worthwhile endeavor, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. No, exactly. And you know what? If you even like how I went, I missed the show for almost two seasons. I knew the characters though, because I knew who Deke was, because I had seen some of the space episodes. I didn't know the relationship because I missed those ones. But and I did not go back either to watch the missing ones. I just went through and everything. And you know, a few folks have said, don't worry about going back, you didn't miss all that much. So it was okay. But it was neat to see, but we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us, one at ESOnetwork.com. Definitely would love to hear what your thoughts are. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment. And we are going to be talking all about science.
2: Science!
3: Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. We actually, for the first time in a very long while, have some movies allegedly coming out in theaters. I use the word allegedly because true to form, 2020 continues to be a raging dumpster fire. And who knows what's going to happen from week to week. I will be very curious to see what the crowd coming back to the movie theater is like. Are they able to enforce mask requirements and keep people safe? Are people ready to go back to the movies yet? Are people more comfortable streaming at home? Will people even want to come back to theaters once this is all over? There's a lot of questions we don't know. So whatever you're deciding to do, please stay safe out there. Wash Your Hands, Wear Your Masks. One of the first movies that's kind of ushering back the return to theaters is Marvel Comics' New Mutants. And it kind of feels fitting that that movie would come out in the summer of a pandemic. Because this one has just had one heck of a production. You've got rumors of reshoots and troubles behind the scenes. This movie's release date has been rescheduled, I don't know how many times, to the point where lots of fans are joking about is this even a real movie? Did they actually make it? Will we actually get to see it? So it could be the biggest summer blockbuster merely because there's not really anything else out there. Something that could be a little more of a solid hit, but still uncertain due to the times we're in, is Christopher Nolan's espionage thriller Tenet. It's got a great cast, wonderful premise. But again, are people going to show up to theaters? So this could be one of Christopher Nolan's lower performing movies in theaters. And regardless of how well it does, I don't think it will do as well as it could have done in a normal year. But even though 2020 is not the greatest, thank you to DC Movies, the DC Cinematic Universe, for giving us some fun stuff to talk about and look forward to. I was really pleased with all the trailers and teasers that came out this weekend, but wanted to touch on them just a little bit. The Batman looks absolutely fantastic, dark, gritty, and I'm just a huge fan of Matt Reeves. I think that the Planet of the Apes movies, the reboots, are way too underappreciated. They are fantastic, so I'm so excited to see what Matt Reeves is going to bring to Batman. and. I think in the past, I've unfairly given Robert Pattinson a lot of grief for his role in Twilight and his so-so performance there. But from what I hear, he's actually a very accomplished actor and he's going to be starring in Christopher Nolan's Tenet. So if Christopher Nolan gave him a thumbs up to be in his movie, then I think he's going to be a really great Batman. The Suicide Squad actually looks completely crazy and wonderful fun. I didn't really love the original Suicide Squad movie, but this looked like it's going to be a lot better. James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy, is a great fit for this. I think it's just going to be a blast. And it's really nice to have new news drop like this because I think it's easy to get in a headspace where thinking, you know, everything's canceled. We're gonna continue. Things are gonna be dark and depressing forever. But it's good to have these little things to look forward to that when we come out of this, there's gonna we're gonna be able to get back and doing the geeky things that we love. So just keep hanging in there, everybody, and like I said, keep wearing your mask, keep washing your hands and find ways to stay entertained positive and hopeful this year if you're looking for more entertainment related content you can find some of my blogs over on the eso podcast website
4: check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc multiverse
5: you know how disney kind of like puts films on an assembly line but you know that when you're getting something from pixar because it takes so long to craft that there's a lot of care put into it
4: that's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show.
5: And the PCC Multiverse.
4: Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week, your favorite podcast app, and right here on the ESO Network. From my
1: heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? <laughs> hey everyone welcome back to our station one now it is time to talk about science science and uh, we certainly wouldn't dream
2: of talking about science without dr geek himself straight from his laboratory scott Vegay, scott welcome back hey guys welcome to be here Oh, I'm no. glad to have you. This is uh, this is not one of the highlights. Every show I do is a highlight, but this is great to talk to you guys as well. And, and we have joining us, uh, after a too long of an absence, Lucas is back with us as well.
6: Yay! Yes, it's glad to be back, guys. Thank you All for right. having me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to jump right in, because uh, I know we got to have a lot of to- uh, topics to go through, which we always do. Um, I was trying to think of the highlights, and I think I got to say, uh, the the one thing that strikes me as the biggest highlight since we last recorded, science related, was SpaceX, right? Is that Yeah. It? Yeah, so, so, uh, Scott, just, uh, lay down what the importance of what happened. Oh, was it about a month ago? Yeah, a little yeah. over ago, right?
5: Well, um, American astronauts actually, uh, launched from the U.S. and returned. Uh, that is, you know, under our, you know, a, with use of a, an American company. Uh, that hasn't happened in a long time. It's, it's kind of the beginnings of, of Americans, uh, manned space program kind of getting back together again it's 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 pretty spectacular
2: now is this now you have to is this the first instance of a, a commercial outside venture
5: yes uh of this nature i mean you know there's been uh, a lot of third-party companies that have always helped nasa along the way but nothing to, to this degree i mean this is quite literally you know we're, we're uh, NASA and the government are are buying time on a private space vehicle for use for NASA astronauts. I mean that's that's big. That that's that's Pan Am Spaceliner big. Uh, you know, it's, and, and this is the very first step to that sort of a thing. It, this this is the fact that uh, it happened uh, finally with all the weather issues and and uh, rocket issues and all that stuff. It, that's, that's really, 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 really big. And, and, uh, on the heels of that, the next thing that they're going to actually try to learn to do is actually have the rocket return and land safely on land rather than ditching in the ocean. Um, and that's, uh, that's a, that would be a big thing too. And really, a little bit of a nod to the Big Bang Theory. Uh, there was an episode of Young Sheldon that, uh, where Sheldon had come up with that idea about how to make that work and and uh somehow and sent a letter off to somebody and uh Elon Musk apparently found that letter uh, at some point. Uh so okay. it, it's it's kind of cool that they're actually going to try to do it where they're going to have the 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 re- the reentry vehicle land safely on land. So there's a lot going on there with the American uh human space flight. I mean you know, we've done tons of things with rovers since the end of the space program uh general program. But this is this is, you know, putting uh men and women back in space.
1: Well, let's correct that though, because we have had American astronauts in space since the end of the space shuttle.
5: Well that's true, but, but they've been having to borrow Russian
1: Russia. vehicles H- yeah. exactly. they had
2: to hitch rides. They and
1: basically hitch rides were American they were American hitchhikers, not astronauts. Basically,
5: <laughs> they should and have a towel. Have, exactly, it, it it's, with them. Yes, <laughs> you know, right? Is there and they, they guidebook? And um, they
1: always had to leave on Thursday. That was just <laughs> that <went>
5: <laughs> right. That was and, always and,
1: part of it. But it was and, it was kind of neat yeah. to see though the with you know the the old the landing in the ocean was such a flashback to the sixties and seventies.
5: Oh, totally right, and and uh, just the whole sense of excitement again. I, I you know, yes, you're right. We've had astronauts and uh, go to the space station and do lots of things, and and the the extended uh, spacewalks and EVAs. But there's something to be said about uh, uh, having your own country participating in human spaceflight again, mm-hmm. to this level. Yeah.
2: Yeah, even if it's uh, even if it's with a commercial venture, right? Right.
1: Oh, well, exactly. <laughs> and the t- the topper was that you had the astronauts named Bob and Doug, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: <know? laughs>
1: and you know, and it was fun to watch them take off. It was great. Oh. <laughs> Good day, welcome to our
2: single. I'm Bob McKenzie,
1: and this is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? Beauty, eh? Yeah,
2: I like that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. See, usually I'm the pun guy, dude.
1: I know. Someone was going to say it, eh?
5: But he was waiting. He's been waiting thirty minutes to do this. <laughs> yeah, probably.
1: I was being a good boy. I was going.
2: Come on, come on. <laughs> uh, Lucas, any thoughts about the about the SpaceX program?
6: Uh, it's just on a good start. Um, it's Like I said, we're just literally like in the uh, beginning stages. Uh, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in another 10 years, how far they're going to be able to push it. Uh, because this is what we always knew was going to happen, that first they had to see if they could get to the space station, and then next we'll see, you know, when we eventually do get to Mars and the other planets, they're going to be right next to them. So it's almost like corporate meets government, they're gonna set up their own settlements. Government set up their own, and then we can go from there. But these are the early steps, and this is what Muscles always been trying to do um, ever since. So um, I, I just love it because, like I said, it's just that that push again, you know? Because we've been dormant ever since Columbia. We've been dormant, so this is almost like a kick in the pants to actually go out and actually be more. So I'm just loving it because. Uh, it- and also, it's going to be good for jobs because this actually is going to be something that is going to stimulate more job growth because people who are in the sciences who are right now might be able to do anything, unfortunately, because of what's been going on. Once everything clears up, they're going to be able to use their talents if that's what they seem to want to do. And it's going to inspire the children, too, because they're going to realize that there's another space race that they can actually get involved with that their grandparents and great-grandparents you know, were around the sea, but back then it wasn't corporate as well. It was just government just to see if they could. So it's it's gonna be it's fun. It's fun. And like I said, I've been following it off and on. Um but uh that's that's where we are right now with it just the early stages but it just realizing that I know it's gonna bear a lot of fruit down the line. And these are just Go the stage steps, it. but they are important yeah. steps. Oh. Yeah. Yeah well we be... will be because like I said all we gotta do is just have enough faith to keep, to keep it going.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's weird for me to think that the two biggest like names in in space right now talks are Elon Musk and Richard Branson.
6: Well, yeah, that's it, funny it, because a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, space. You know, if you look at some of the novels uh, back like in the fifties or whatever, they realized that it was just going to be the governments of the world that was going to have to be going out there. Corporations and businesses are going to have to push it out as well. So this this is just the logical, you know, conclusion. And Musk and Branson have enough foresight to know that at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to take their billions of dollars with them, you know, to the other side. But they can leave a legacy and keep moving it forward, you know, at least on their end. And so we got to be able to go out there because it's our destiny to go out there. But it's going to be more multifaceted than what we think, so I'm enjoying well, exactly. the
1: whole process. It's you know we can't just wait for the government to get us there. You're going to have to Not private industry needs to, to get us there. Do
6: our own
1: thing. Hmm. Exactly. Well, it's the same way it was for exploration of the world, the oceans. Yeah, yeah. the oceans it, and everything. It, you know, you had you know trading companies, it, and you had yeah. you know stuff like that, you know, going out and, you know, the West Indies and, you know, items like that. And just wait till they find rare minerals and stuff in the asteroid belt. Oh, it's, just, it's Oh, over, just Mike. wait.
5: Yeah, but, you know, Mike's got a really good point about that. I mean, it, it, history repeats itself, but, you know. Uh, it, the development will follow a, a similar pattern. The question becomes, you know, when will we have our first uh, Mayflower class starships, you know, for, for colonization and stuff like that. But I mean, you're going to have the same sort of uh, impetus Definitely. that's going to, to do it. I mean, that's uh, it's, it's going to look very familiar.
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully we could do it before it's the Earth that was. though.
5: Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Lucas, what about you? Yeah. What's what's uh, been happening outside of uh, space that's uh, science related that's got you pretty excited these days?
6: Uh, well, right now, Japan is just pretty much set to heck with COVID, and they're building stuff that right now we all knew they had the potential to. But right now, the one I'm loving the most is the uh, gigantic 60 foot tall Gundam um, <laughs> statue that they've done that actually moves. Yeah, that it's a movable thing. And, and, and it, just blasts. Blasts.
5: Yeah.
6: it just yeah, got blessed. Yeah. yeah it just got blessed uh, this week. Yeah, it is. It's just it. And like I said, um, they were trying to get going for the Olympics this year, but since everything has been canceled this year because of what we're dealing with, um, they just say, you know, the heck with it. We're still going to build it. And that's the type of hu- human ingenuity that you rarely see these days is that even all the hardship, there are still people who say, you know, what the heck with it. We're going to still build the sucker because we got to leave this here because even though it's just small steps, I mean this people were expecting this thing to be able to freely move first off, my mom is an insurance adjuster supervisor and you know coordinator, and she says that's too much of a litigation in of itself because that's like a topples, that's a loss of life and damaged property. so this is just like I said, this is a baby stuff, but just to see just the massive amount of manpower and ingenuity that was put into it. I mean, I'm enjoying this process and I'm saying, well, we know it's possible so now they can do this. Now, on they the history giant of Gundam robot. itself, yeah, I Gundam know. is very, exactly, because the thing is this is that um, I grew up in a time um, that you know, I was getting all these old paperbacks of you know Robert Highline Starship Troopers and things like that. So for me, it wouldn't be until like, in the early 2000s when I really got into stuff like Gundam and it came back to Robotech that I said, Oh, I see now where they got the influences from. But with Gundam it is so strong in that country that there's no place on that, in that country that you're not going to be able to find anything. And what they got now is called Gunpla, which is plastic models that you can actually build yourself. You are literally assembling a toy. Now tell that to a kid that's about to get, like, an figure. that, oh, yeah, you get this piece, but you got to assemble it. So they're already teaching their children how to actually build things. So that's by true. the time they get to be our age, they get to be like, well, I can build bigger things, which is what they're doing. And that's a type of, you know, creativity and, you know, sense of, you know, building, you know, beyond yourself that I'm enjoying right now. Because, like I said, they could have just halted everything, just like we pretty much have halted everything. Until oh, things yeah. you know blow over, and I love that that they're just pushing it, so they know they can't. Well, and also
1: though, that- now just watch watch the oceans. That's all you have to say, <laughs> just to see if it starts coming out of it.
5: Well, well, actually, no. I I find it very uh, inspirational, especially because it's literally a, a, a flying vehicle, right? You know, and uh, what, what, and what I what I the engineering feat alone is is impressive. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm going, "Well, I know what we can do if that asteroid gets a little bit closer. <laughs> you we know? uh, talk to Elon Musk and and see if they can get the Gundam to fly up there and uh, take care of that problem for us." <laughs>
1: It's it's yeah. awesome to see them come up with that thing, and like you were saying, though Japan is is still moving forward with everything. Well, they were all planning for the Olympics yeah. anyway, and you know, look what they were doing with the mag trains and everything. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, the levitating trains. It's yeah. and the speeds yeah. fact, that they're, they're really, coming they're up really, with.
6: It's yeah, yeah.
1: It's just awesome.
6: Yes. Well, this is an important thing, guys, is that they actually are creating the 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 Flying vehicles that we saw in Back to the Future, they're doing that right now. They said that within five years, they will have those, you know, type of aerial vehicles. And I will say this. I trust them more than I trust it coming here in the States, especially down here. knowing how people drive. <laughs> <laughs> they themselves have been able to fine tune them. So, you know, they don't, we don't have to wait, you know, too long for, you know, that S.H.I.E.L.D. you know, aerial vehicle that Colson, you know, drives around in. Yep. They're going to have that sucker there <laughs> within a span of five to ten years, and this is, you know, guaranteed or your money back.
5: Yeah.
1: I'm thinking that so, they'll look more um, like, like what Westworld looked it's like. It's just the fact that like I said, it's
6: that human spirit, and that's why I'm loving these stories, is that these guys, like I said, people are always asking, like, well, why would you do that? And these guys are asking, like, well, why not? Why can't we do this? We have the resources to do this. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. But you gotta do it smart. But that's what they're doing. They're seeing how far they can push it. And oh very I know much so so much about it that. It's it's not it's not just for us, it's for the children and for the children yet to be born that are gonna grow up and just say, Well, I don't have any excuse. You know, I can do whatever I have to do and I'm rough that. you know, these stories, like I said. Is especially us being able to go to the space station. I mean, that is just one hurdle and then there'll be other hurdles, but this is on our way to get there guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Scott, what's something else that you're excited about? That's in that science related. It's going on right now.
5: Okay. Well, let's see. Let me go and, uh, and, and take a look. Well, I actually uh, came across what, um, something that uh, talks about, um, uh, the next level of PPE. Uh, so before I start, I want to have a big disclaimer. I'm not an expert on this sort of thing. Uh, I'm only, you know, I'm reading about this in the news just like everybody else. And I'm just uh, pointing it out as something that it's really cool to show how science is trying to tackle uh, the COVID problem from all different angles. Um, but there is actually, um, let me see if I get this right. Uh, it's called an Aeronab and it's a molecular form of PPE that it can be used as a nasal spray and it can be more effective than the face mask. Um and what's really kind of cool about it is that it's completely um generated in the lab and it's manipulation of um of immune cells that are found in llamas and camels uh because they're smaller and easier to manipulate. Uh so it, it's a, a laboratory in San Francisco that's working on this and, you know, I have no idea how close they are to the, the you know, testing of it. But, you know, you're just showing how, you know, we're you're not going to just sit there and try to look for one version of a vaccine or something like that. And, you know, maybe this will be a good way to actually prevent it. The way it works is, um, if everybody's seen that, that the, the model of the COVID-19 model with the, the spikes, right? And, and it's how the, those spikes actually uh, attached to your immune system and that's how it, it propagates into your body and all that stuff. This will actually prevent that attachment, um, if that works, uh, correctly. So it's not a, um, it's not like a, a nasal vaccine, but it's, it's like an, uh, a temporary nasal, uh, barrier that lasts for, that could last for a, to a couple of weeks. Uh, so anyway, it, it just, I saw that and went, oh, that's really kind of cool. You know, that's thinking outside the box and, uh, so I was kind of excited by that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um That's got potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and is that coming, is that something that was in development before this, or is it something that just came out of, is, is coming out of this? Uh, well,
5: the, um, hold on, let me get the, I want to make sure I get the name right. Hold on. Uh, yeah, so the aeronavs were discovered a few years back. And they knew that it was going to be a way to uh, manipulate uh, antibodies faster than uh, human antibodies and, and try to see if they were compatible. So it was something that was discovered a few years back. But when people were uh, looking at just how dangerous COVID-19 can be to certain individuals and just how it can play habit with their immune system, everybody kind of went, okay, all hands on deck. Who has something? You know, what, you know, who out there has something that, you know, may get us to something better than what we've got? And these people in San Francisco said, well, wait a second. Hmm. You know, this isn't a cure, but this might act as a shield. Uh, If you you think about it, if you remember, uh, Babylon 5 Crusade, if you remember that show lasted for like, what, a year? Uh, they had the drug plague that infected people, and then they eventually found uh, like a um, an inhalant that acted as a screen against the plague, but it only lasts for so many weeks. This is basically, you know, a reality, uh, a, a real version of that. Uh, if the if the development continues the way it's going, so you know, science from fiction.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
5: And if you want i can I can uh share a link to that story so that people can see where I'm you know pulling that from and like I said, I'm not a an expert in this uh you know I'm not telling people not to wear a mask or anything like that but, you know i'm I'm just saying that there's research out there and people are working hard on different ways to attack this problem
2: well i mean that's that's something I think we need all hands on deck when it comes to this stuff too right
5: right, exactly. So anyway, and like as the science from fiction geek, I, I saw the, you know, the parallel to the fiction and I just thought that it was uh, kind of a unique way to, to look at the problem. Um, and then, uh, and then if I look at uh, something else on my list here, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, the Gundam and, and removable and stuff like that. There's actually a new uh, plasma engine that might Uh, Be able to be used for airplanes that won't use fossil fuels. Um, And that's uh, a really awesome development. I I think uh, Mike might have shared that. Hmm?
1: Yep. I shared that uh, on the Dr. Geeks page. And it's just interesting that, you know, this might be the wave of the future and you're having cleaner transportation, safer transportation, and also you this the speeds that they'll be able to go with you know not and lo- longer distances for planes and such mm-hmm. the thought of it going around the world without stopping would just be and, amazing to
5: think and about. The, the storage capacity of the batteries and everything of that if they can if they can get that part of it to work as well that's that would be a crucial part of how that would uh, operate uh, but it's definitely a step in the right direction Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: very much so, and you know it's closer to the ships you see in Star Trek and such. Yeah, you know, yeah the
5: the plasma drives. Yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. And it's it's just amazing the possibilities, and the speed, and you know the like you said, Scott, like, and it also ties in a little bit to what Lucas had said about f- possible flying cars. Can you imagine that powering, you know, of a bus or a flying car or something like that, Mm -hmm. even, you know, and you won't have fossil fuels and what it will do for the atmosphere. And I know that's all getting into the granola cruncher out there that, you know, Mm -hmm. I am. So, but it's kind of cool, you know, to think about.
6: Oh yeah. That's fine because what it is is this, we need to start using the actual, we need to start using what we got other than um, what we've had like yeah. For instance, we have got technology right now that can actually, you know, do almost magical stuff with air particles or whatever. And you're telling me that can't be used for propulsion? You know, you know, we got to think outside the box because if we continue like we currently are, we have no excuses for what happens after.
1: So, no, you're completely
6: yeah, like right, said, Lucas. Sir, everything that's been with us, but and like I said, so I'm absolutely echoing what you say, Mike, because. Um, yeah. how how are these vehicles gonna be able to get lift without being able to use you know these type of you know qualities you know well exactly so, well I'm glad that Austin has got it.
1: it's interesting too because if you think about it, the the combustion engines that we're using every day in our cars and everything, that's still 19th century technology. You know, we're it's ti- it's time to move on, folks. This is huh. almost over 150 years. That we need to, you know, maybe modernize. And, yeah. you know, and it's convenient you that, you that know, it's done. Yeah, yeah,
6: it's done. Yeah. You that it's done with, you know, we've had that. It did what we needed to do. That was finding something better.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing exactly.
6: Nothing
1: wrong with that. You know, eventually we had to go away from the horse and buggy. You know, it's time.
2: Yeah, yeah that was before you had a, but back then you didn't have a huge, like, you know, uh, horse and buggy contingent that was blocking all uh, sorts of
5: <laughs> Big oh, buggy? You exactly. talking about big buggy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> about being well, and that's why it's,
1: exactly and that's what's good you know having people like Musk and such you know with Tesla and you know even that's just inching in the right direction that's still not even you know going all the way where we can go.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. and you know, and that goes to uh, you know, Lucas's concerns about flying cars, uh, you know, the AI element of this is going you going to have to progress a little bit better because I, mean, I have a feeling we'll be more like passengers in those vehicles than drivers. I, you know, from all the for, for, for the many many times I have been asked that question at conventions about flying cars, uh, every everybody I've talked to it's one of two things do we actually train people to be more pilots essentially or we hand it over to ai and i think that's where it's going to eventually go
1: well of course because even like stuff i remember there was an arnold schwarzenegger movie years ago uh where you know it was all you know automatic driving you know a driverless car until you went, You got to a certain point, and it gave you a warning: manual drive needed ahead. You know, type thing. and you know there's certain areas day. when, yeah, it that's day. it. Yep, yeah. and it was. It was just really interesting to see that kind of you know technology, and I could see that's where it's going to go. But you know, I don't want the redneck who ties it on for you know another Saturday night, and you know he goes off in his flying car, and he oh, says, "Hey, I don't want don't any AI it. driving it." You know.
5: Well, that's why yeah. they'll have a sensor in the in the cabin to be able to determine blood alcohol, and they'll be oh, yeah. able to immediately switch over. Uh, who knows, man? But I mean, yeah, it, yeah,
1: it's pretty I, interesting. Uh,
2: I just saw um over the weekend I saw the movie Upgrade and uh they've got you know self-driving cars or automatically driving cars in that one and I tell you what I mean, I guess I'm just you know I'm I'm old school where I'm just like man that would make I'd just be nervous the entire time I wouldn't be able to concentrate I mean <laughs> the, the the opposite effect right you're supposed to be able to relax while the car takes care of everything for you but I would be like freaking out cuz I'd be like I can't I can't uh and I and I do think that you know in some ways there's a lot of stuff in the future like that that was predicted, you know, like flying cars, like jet packs, like um like the wristwatches mm-hmm. that you know, the Dick Tracy Rich watches, which you know, now that we have the technology to do some of that stuff, we found that people really don't want it that much. So, yeah. so I mean, it's not that it's not that we don't we can't have them. It's just that no, we have found that we would either have other things, right? Like there's other things that we find that would be a little bit more useful to us. Well, a, a great example of
5: that, Mike, is the the Dick Tracy watch, right? Yeah. So I have an Apple Watch. I can, and it can do exactly like with the walkie-talkie feature. You can treat it just like the Dick Tracy radio watch. But the problem is is that that finally came to market almost 10 years after the entire world got over wearing a wristwatch. You know That was Apple's problem. They kind of had to reintroduce why would you bother wearing a watch if your phone had the time on it, right, right? You know, and, and, and stuff like that. So it, it, some of it's just timing, you know, and then well, why do yes I need to that, yes and no, because exactly –
1: you also had the but you also had the craze of the Fitbits and everything like that where people were keeping track of their health and their steps and their heartbeat and you know, we bought Judy a Apple Watch because it um her watch could tell if she's having seizures. And oh stuff. that's cool and oh, so yeah, I mean,
5: not, not that she has seizures but it's cool that, you
1: know, that i uh, was gonna go hey wait a minute there <laughs> yeah. but yeah but no it's it, you know there was reasons why you know in case she fell or something and she didn't have her phone on on her she could hit the sos on her watch and it oh. would ping me yeah you know yep. and she'd be able to get in touch with me and you know but you know now that i'm like I'm exercising now, this tracks my steps, this tracks my heart rate, this tracks, you know, you know, all these different things with my health and that's what I use it for. But I also check, you know, you know, I'm able, if I'm in a meeting and I don't want to pick up my phone, I could some, if Judy or somebody texts me, I could look down at my watch and not, you know, be pretentious and go, Hey, <laughs> I'm on my phone, you know, and my boss, go, oh, Mike, you know?
5: No, I mean I I have one too, and I use it for the same reasons. But like like I was saying is like it, you know I had to kind of reacquire why I wear a watch now because it's not about telling time. And it's, oh you know, yeah, no, yeah, you know.
1: No, if I also, if I want to look what time it is, I it. just look at my phone. Yeah, um,
2: but I found yeah, even but, if we had even when, since we had the technology though that like most people didn't want to do video conferencing because it's like. Oh, I don't. You know, like you know, I have to put on my face. I have to put on pants. I have to, you know, <laughs> yeah. I have to do stuff. It, it actually, you know, since the pandemic, I think now because people can't, you know, are not encouraged to to be together. Right. Now we're finding that video conferencing is 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 booming. It's becoming more popular than ever yeah. because the option uh, to to see people in person. Is been sort of taken away from us. So yes. like, yeah, yeah. So but before, prior to that, it was more like why bother? I mean, I can I'll just see you later. You know that kind of thing.
5: Yeah, it was a, the, the, it was a geeky thing. You know, trying to explain to my uh, father in law why to do a video conferencing. He was like, yeah, and, it, you know. And, and but it takes a, it takes the pandemic. Also, I suppose. Yeah. but you know, what I find interesting about that is also the the infrastructure required to maintain it uh you know netflix and zoom both have had problems because of the load i I know when in back in march netflix actually had to throttle back what they were actually transmitting out uh you know they weren't exactly in in, uh, 4k or or even even 720 at some points uh in in, at the end of march because they were having too much demand on the system and then also
6: uh, also wi-fi networks are doing the same thing where yeah, I have Spectrum at home, and I can only have that thing going for, like, maybe at best 90 minutes before I go literally have a brownout. I have to literally get off and then come right back on. Yeah, Because, you know, most of us are stuck at home because of this. And so this is putting a strain on the system. Yeah, the watch for the Apple Watches, it would benefit more and in go into other industries that need it. Like, for instance, I'm in mean, security and we would benefit highly be able to have our cameras being attached to our watches, i.e., the digital feeds that we usually get at our consoles. Imagine that wirelessly, but you're able to put it on your watch. It means any officer or anybody who needs to actually find a location, say there's an emergency or something's going on, they could literally find those and pinpoint exactly the location as to where they are. This is what I'm talking about. It's like it, it, you know, I hear what you guys are talking about with the technologies and, you know, maybe they, you know, they fizzled out, but certain applicable technologies can be used in other fields, you know, once oh, yeah. you know, they are tuned to that. But the, uh, companies have got to want to be able to invest in it first off, which means it's about money and seeing if, you know, if it's actually worth the time. But I think that that would be a better thing because what what does really does come back full circle, is that you go back to Dick Tracy, you know and they themselves will be able to, you know, have access to that you know, as opposed oh, yeah. to just be able to radio call it to dispatch
1: Well, exactly, and then also it's, you know Star Trek right there and, mm-hmm. you know, it's literally you know, it's been going, it's evolved through this, the geekdom history and now it's here in reality, and it's pretty awesome, you know, I know like doctors nowadays like when judy was in the hospital for surgery uh they didn't even have like a notepad or anything they were taking their notes right on either an ipad or even an iphone and mm-hmm. it was it was just amazing and they were getting messages right on their watches and they were just like okay i gotta be back we gotta code whatever down the hall and everything mm-hmm. like that so that's a lot of ways where it's revolutionizing history and you know i know they're trying to it's going to take a long, long time, but they're still trying to transfer everyone's medical files onto, you know, hard drive, external, you know, right. up to the cloud and everything. And that just yeah. alone is just—it's <laughs> well, it's
5: the just coding, amazing. the coding database for that—it'll take forever, right? Um, oh, yeah. But it's it's a good thing. I mean, I, um, in Hawaii, they're one of the first um, areas to have done that because the population is. Maybe smaller than other areas. So on, on, I know for a fact on the island of Kauai, they've had all those records integrated like that uh, for about ten years. And I can tell you firsthand, it's very, very helpful when some you're working with a specialist and he says, "Here, we, you know, see what I need to know about you." Oh, it's all right here. I mean, it's very, very good thing to have.
1: Exactly, and it's pretty awesome. You know, it's just interesting. One of the things I was going to comment on that I thought found interesting, Scott, uh there's been uh for the last couple months that we've been receiving radio signals from space.
5: Oh, yes. So, <laughs> it,
1: so it's like, okay, where's Jody Foster when we need her? You
5: know? <laughs> right. So, what what when Mike's talking about or, or um uh, or what we would call wow signals. These are these are things where it's repeating enough and it's consistent enough to where you say, you stop there and go, wait a second, is is that man-made? Is that an actual signal? As opposed to background radiation or background noise. And, and the one that I think that you shared with the, the think tank was the one where it was a hundred-day cycle, uh, yes. followed by like 67 days of quiet and then another hundred-day cycle. And that is uh, just phenomenal. I mean, they, they've discovered a few of these over the past couple of years, and unfortunately, nobody knows what it, what it means. It, uh, personally, I think maybe there might be something like a a pulsar or something else that is helping that that uh, that consistency. You know, there's some there's something else that we don't know that's causing that loop. Uh, you know, the other the other question is, when you get a bunch of noises like that, how do you know you've got a message, right? So you kind of have to say, well, assuming that there was one, how would I find it? And that's why uh, when you ever talk to somebody at SETI or, you know, or anything like that, it always comes down to math because you have to pick something that would be universal. You know, regardless of the culture that generated the message, you need to have something that would be a universal language to everybody. So that, you know, how do I explain to you, what i want to get across and that's why it's usually some sort of mathematical uh something that shows like some reference some geometry some some reference to you know the laws of the universe that we would all recognize you know we may have a different name for for everything but the x phenomenon if we can get that that across then we can maybe have a message and so when you have uh that repeating a cycle that goes for days, you know, sort of like a hundred days you're something like like well, wow, that's and it comes back, you're like, Well, that's not to be somebody communicating with us, isn't it? And then you you could spend lifetimes looking at that, trying to find meaning in, in that noise. It,
2: it's really easy. If yeah. if you just get people to listen to it and if they start making like uh sculptures out of their mashed potatoes. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> right. This means something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> then you know it's a message. It's you know, people yeah. This is Yeah. Something. Basic yeah. close, basic
5: close encounters at people. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the steps, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the, yeah, oh my gosh! But you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it is a really cool thing. But like the the first time it happened, uh, that's what they call it—the wow signal. Uh, and uh, because the person wrote down, you know, wow, and scribbled it on the printout, you know, like, like, like you know, eureka! I found it. You know, you know, this is it. This is first contact. And um, unfortunately it wasn't, but, and it turned out to be a natural phenomenon, but that just shows you just how complex the universe is. And we're constantly learning new stuff about it. I mean, that's, that's what's cool. Yeah. Someday it will be a message and and, and here's the oddity of the way the world works. It might be our own message coming back to us.
1: (laughs) We might be seeing reruns of, I love Lucy from space or something.
5: Right. Absolutely. You know? yeah. and now Why we have a we, lot of explaining to do
1: exactly or we might have to build a spaceship you know off based off of you know our favorite tv show or something like right
5: <laughs> never give up never uh, surrender. you know but yeah I, I, thought, I thought that that was really cool and um oh i wanted to, to jump back really quickly about telecommunicating and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. i know that you, you know uh, i've got a niece in the Bay Area that was, they're dealing with the blackouts and, and stuff like that. So if, uh, if they had the blackout at the same time as school, then, um, it, they would actually have to conduct class in their car because the car was connected to the internet uh, and they would be able to like, you know, keep, keep, keep things going when the rest of the block got turned off. Uh You know what I mean. <laughs> so it was. It, it, there, there's a lot of stuff going on with about that. And one of the cool things that is coming up is I, again, uh, Elon Musk is working on this idea about broadband from space. This, the idea that you can you can coat the, the the globe in internet Wi-Fi and make it a, yep. a, a make it available cheap.
1: The only thing I don't like about that is all those satellites they're putting up. Astronomers are complaining because all those satellites that are going up are blocking views that of their yep. studies and such.
5: Yeah, yep, yep, good point.
1: And everything. So, you know, it's it basically is damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, you,
5: right, but I mean, if you think about if if tele education is going to become more of an important thing, then you have to make sure that the internet's available to everybody right so this is kind of like is i look at the the broadband from the uh internet uh global internet as sort of like royal free delivery of the you know the 40s and 50s you have to make the post office free for everyone to use i, I think at some point you know making internet available for the communities that don't actually have uh reliable access is a, is a good thing because uh, you know there's a whole bunch of uh, kids right now that you know don't have the internet at home so how are they attending class, and you know, and how is that being addressed, especially during COVID when you can't go to the uh the, the libraries and the like? So if that technology helps, and then as far as the astronomers go, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're right. We've got to do something about our trash and and uh, and the excess satellites. Maybe, uh, but then that's why we have we send probes beyond all that so that they'll have access to, to an unobstructed view. I don't know, it just, you know, like you said, you can't, you, you know, you're kind of screwed both ways.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: I'd be very curious to see, you know, they had talked for many, many years putting a, you know, a telescope on the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know whatever happened, if they scrapped it because of budget reasons or... If it's still being planned, because I think it's a fantastic idea. Cause then you would have non interference because you wouldn't even have the glow from the earth. Right. Know. So it'd be really interesting to see.
5: Well, maybe they got it uh, got scrapped because that's where all the nuclear waste is going. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Space nineteen ninety nine reference. Yes, <laughs> I I know.
1: I knew where you were going with that one.
5: <laughs>
1: we could just send an eagle up there to fix it. It's okay. Right, exactly.
5: <laughs> hey, I love the eagle. That was a great ship. Uh, you know, oh my gosh. But yeah, it is um, a kind of a complicated set of, of concerns when you get to that. I mean, uh, we definitely have a lot of satellites up there now, more than people think. You know, this isn't the 70s where you had Landsat and T-Sat. <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs> Uh, so Lucas, is there, uh, anything else, uh, that science related that, uh, that's going on right now that, uh, you've got your eye on
1: Lucas.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, other than, um, see, I've been busy guys working most of the time. If I'm not working, I'm gaming and, um, what have you. So other than the must stuff or whatever. But I will say this, um, there is an anime that I've gotten into called Dr. Stone. And I would recommend it to almost anybody to get into because it's about a kid who pretty much like a boy genius. And the situation is that there is this wave that causes all of human life to get petrified human life and bird life. And they wake up like almost 4,000 years in the future. And he has to rebuild everything from scratch. And just, you know, seeing that, um, that's definitely, like I said, in the in my wheelhouse. I mm-hmm. love this so much. I actually got the whole entire series on our Amazon. But as far as like real life stuff, most of my stuff is more concerned about how we're gonna have to be able to combat, you know, this COVID, as well as um, also the fact that I think that we are, if things continue as they are, and we'll, we'll be honest here, we now have jobs that realize that they can get their people to do more at home than they did when they actually had to go in. I think we are truly moving towards a re- you know ready player one future, whether we like it or not. And so I think that you know because of this, it's almost like a test bed for that, but Eventually, we're gonna to have to be able to still have to go outside and whatever. But you know, everybody trying to look for you know us to go back to normal. I don't think we're ever going to going to be normal. I think we're just gonna to have to move on from here.
2: To yeah, it's gonna whatever normal defi- anymore. We're gonna to have to exactly. define the new normal.
6: Exactly, cool. and, we, and 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 that's when you you know as a as a species. We have to rise to the occasion because yeah, just to adapt. It's always during times of you know of the precipice, and we've had many precipices throughout history that we've had to you know actually become more than what we are, because that's how we able to you know to adapt and survive. And so that that's all this is. It's just sad that we're losing people along the way. I mean, I just lost a friend to a heart attack that might have been COVID related, and I miss her because I'm so uh, sorry. I appreciate it. Thank you. But uh, it's, uh, it's very much, uh, it puts a lot of stuff in perspective. And now that I'm an uncle, and pretty much, you know, I might as well be a surrogate parent because I pretty much see this boy more often than not. um, Because like I said, I'm his family and he's, you know, he's as close to me as anything. Uh, Is that I'm seeing, you know, what can we do to help not just him, but other children of his age, you know, not just to get through this, but to become better, you know, they they are already technologically, you know, prone to be able to do anything. I mean, the kid's really a genius. He can operate, uh, you know, remote control and anything like that just by looking at it. And I think that that's where the future is. Is that we have to realize that things as they have been, we're never gonna get back again. But we can be able to adapt our resources, know exactly what to do, but we also gotta be smart about it. Well, we also got to realize this. You can't fix stupid. And unfortunately, we are around people who they got literally, you know, get hit over their head a bunch of times before they figure out this is not how you do this. And we just got to make sure that we're not, you know, within that area and so forth. Because there's always going to be those who, you know, are the dreamers, the innovators. But we just got to know that this is what we got to do. And that's it. Um, but that that's pretty much it. I mean... What I'm loving so far about this year with Concerned Science is that indomitable hum, human will, that this will not stop us. You know, we're going to get things going again because things will get back again. But it's no different than our ancestors that dealt with the Spanish flu, you know, during World War One and afterwards. Um, we're just, you know, it's just our time to be dealing with it, unfortunately. And that's when we have to be the most innovative And we got to invest our resources and we also got to realize that at the end of the day we are all in this together but we also got to realize that that means that there's a responsibility in and of ourselves to actually make things happen and that's why i love talking to you guys because Mm -hmm. you gentlemen are pretty much on it because you want to get all this information out there for everybody else to know that yeah this is cool stuff but guess what if it's cool that means there's no excuse for me not to do anything (laughs)
2: Oh, <laughs> right. well, exactly absolutely um i i particularly like um yeah it, it what what is striking to me particularly and i see this m- more with uh you know from coming out of japan and i think maybe because they they had uh they had a big event to get ready for and then all of a sudden they were sidelined and they can't they're not having the olympics so they are uh but they've got these projects. That, um, that they're working on that I think they were going to take advantage of during the Olympics, but now that that's not going to happen. But they're still going forward because they, yes, they believe that, yes, we will have a world that's back to normal. And, and the Gundam is definitely um, one key element of that. Uh, another element that I thought of uh, when you were talking about that before was the uh, big uh, Godzilla zipline.
5: Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> oh God! Zip
2: lining
1: right into the mouth of the monster. Oh my you, God! Yes, no, yes, no, you will be no, able to no, zip
2: line right no. into Godzilla's mouth like that. That uh, the 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 uh, you know the 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 shots that I've seen of what this is going to look like is absolutely insane. Um, yes. Yes. and uh, there's there is a Godzilla museum that's there right now that you can that doesn't have the zip line yet. I think the zipline is going to be ready next year at some point, but, uh, um, uh, but they had opened the, they had created the the Godzilla museum for, obviously for traffic to have during the Olympics. But, um, yeah, they're, they're doubling down on, on all things Godzilla out there. And this, this, you know, if we look, if we're going to have a huge Godzilla with a mouth that you can zipline into and a huge Gundam, you know, at some point those things are going to fight. That's what I'm saying.
5: <laughs> it's
1: going to happen.
2: <laughs> what is it from the Godzilla movie? Let them fight. Let them fight, yes. Exactly.
5: <laughs> coming, to, coming to HBO Max. Oh, you know, let me get this right. Yeah.
2: So, uh, but yeah. Um, and they also had like a, a Studio Ghibli theme park, which is set to open. They're creating a Super Mario world. Um, you know, uh there's a bunch of stuff that's happening. I know that a lot of times, Scott, we talk about the, the uh the theme park industry uh mm-hmm. on these on these shows because a lot of times, you know, the imagineers are doing things that seem absolutely incredible and yep. i i'm guessing that you know on the one hand the parks are closed so you would think they'd have great opportunities to uh invest in new attractions or at least uh get the current ones you know in a in a in a way that they can up and run but i don't know that that's happening have you heard that they're doing that well,
5: well yeah it's it's uh well first domestically uh it's sort of uh here or miss so for uh for the big theme parks really it's florida The California versions are all still shut. So, uh, And then, uh, you know, uh, Epcot was approaching a big anniversary, and they had just announced a a whole slate of changes and upgrades and all that sort of stuff that they were going to do. And then COVID happened. And unfortunately, they were about two-thirds of the way of tearing apart the front half of Epcot when that happened. Uh, So now that they've lost a ton of money, now what we're being told is, well, yeah, uh, we're going to be uh reevaluating what we finish. Uh And so the things that are, half, you know, literally half torn apart, they're going to finish those projects. Uh, but half of the, of the things that they announced so much as, you know, February are all being put on the back burner domestically, just because uh, they got to figure all that stuff out. What is interesting, though, is that uh overseas, they haven't had the the shutdown as long, uh, so a lot of the the overseas, you know, the China and Japan parts uh, are still going in full swing, or or they when they dipped they didn't dip down as far. Uh, so there, there's a lot of innovation and, and stuff coming. If you know, I, if, if you ever get a chance, Google the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, over in Shanghai.
1: Huh.
2: Oh my
5: gosh, that ride is. It is not what you think it is. If you think you know that ride, then wait for the next generation version of that. I mean, it is so immersive and so crazy. Just the, just the, the, the 4K virtual, you know, 3D walkthroughs that they have up there on YouTube. Uh, you know, I, I would love to someday be able to, to travel and see that in person. But it is, it is uh, amazing what they're all doing now. Yeah, It's yeah,
1: pretty amazing because that's the next generation, you know, basically of, you know, amusement parks is more immersive, more interactive. Yes. And, yep. you know, yep. it's going to be awesome to see as it evolves, you know, because yep.
5: the, the, the amusement
1: the, parks are going to have to keep up with it.
5: Uh, the, the, the idea that the queue is, you know, the, there's a queue and then a pre-show and all that stuff. They're blending that and, and blurring those lines like crazy. It's It's almost... Uh, in, you know the the ultimate intent I think at some point is total immersion where you show up and you schedule a time to to kind of like be introduced into the world and then be you know whether it's reading off an RFID chip on your bracelet or your phone you know the you know uh, things know how to interact with you on a personal level call you by name and wish you happy birthday and and all that yeah. sort of stuff it's definitely Westworld. Uh, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's Westworld or Total Recall at its best.
5: Yes. Just be honest, right? Yes. <laughs>
1: exactly. exactly.
5: Yeah.
1: So it's it's pretty cool, though, that they're doing stuff like that, and that's the direction they're going. And yeah. as technology is growing and the realism of what they could do with video and, you know, even like holograms and such, you know, oh. it's just, you know... Walt, it was Walt Disney's dream to have more interactive and more immersive, taking yeah. people away from their everyday life, and it was uh, pretty awesome.
5: I, I don't mean to, I don't want to spoil, but you know, when it comes to the rise of the resistance attraction, uh, they have some effects in there that you just sit there and go, like, okay, if I think about it, I know how they did it, but it, it, but the way that they pull it off, you you sit there and go, blink, blink, and they actually have this moment. Where you're on, and it's been in the commercial, so I can say this part. Where you're on the, the flight deck of a star, star destroyer, and you're surrounded by uh, stormtroopers. They've actually made sure the way this works is that they know everyone's going to gawk at that and try to get the crowds to keep moving. So they've actually designed the storyline to allow you to sit there and linger a little bit and take it in uh, when you're when that you know when that big reveal happens and stuff like that. So you really feel. Even though there are thousands of people going through that attraction, you only really feel like there's maybe 12 people at a time uh, around you at any one particular point.
1: And that's, you know, it's basically the holodeck from Star Trek. Yeah. You know, where we're all going. So it's pretty cool.
2: Absolutely. Well, um, unfortunately, it looks like our our time is up once again. I know we've tried to get through as many things as possible, but uh, there's still a lot of cool stuff happening out there. Um, any, any final words, uh, as to, uh, the way that the science is, is going right now, Lucas?
6: No, it's tracking along exactly as I hoped it would. And, um, I just want to see more of it and, um, want not just myself, but the generations to come and everybody else to be inspired by, you know, what they're seeing. And also, like I said, just do it smart. Just do it smart.
2: Let's do it smart. That's uh man. That, yeah, that's a, Smart way to go live through life, no matter what. <laughs> uh, and the
1: scientists know what they're talking about, folks. Don't yep. you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Believe in the science, uh, Scott. What about you? Last words on uh, on the state of science right now?
5: Necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> that's that's basically it. You know, and I, and I agree. I think that there's a lot of really smart people who are trying to to do the right thing, and and uh, I, we just all need to do our part.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mike?
1: Oh, like I said, you know, science, there's so much changing, so much coming our way, and it's just it's amazing, you know, how quickly things are changing. I'm going to be curious as we keep on saying, what is it going to be like in 10 years? You know, it's just – it's going to be night and day compared to where we were twenty years ago, and you know we thought we were pretty advanced then. Wait till wait till what's to come? That's what you have to do. And folks, just as always, they say you know, have an open mind. Have you know? Don't you know? Believe you know? What it? Just certain people say. Look at everything from all angles, and yeah. science will show Absolutely you the way. Right
2: diets um uh we love it and we believe in it and it is uh you know mike you said uh you know you can't imagine what things are going to be like in 10 years i can't imagine what things are going to be like next year nobody would have predicted that things are going to be like the way they are this year a year from now so uh i i hope that the next time we record this uh, we'll be in a much better position to talk about uh, some more innovations that uh, may not be, you know, have to be res- uh, uh, revolve around COVID. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> I know that's that's the dream, right? <laughs> well, like we talked about the other that's night, because we
1: reviewed uh, 12 Monkeys for Dragon Con. And we were talking and joking about it because Joe Crow and I were talking about it back in October, what we wanted to talk about. And I said, oh, come on, a movie about a virus that kills all these people? That'll never be, you know, why do we want to talk about that? Who knew? Who knew?
2: Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, And we will be right back after this message to close out the show.
0: everybody, Michelle here with an Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. And it feels like just last week I was saying that this album was out. But now uh, Taylor Swift's Folklore uh, has just spent its fourth week in a row at number one on the Billboard album chart. It's the first album by a female artist to do that uh, since 2015. And every week that it's been out, it has racked up at least 101,000 what they call equivalent album units. Um, which is super rare for a non-hip-hop album anymore. The last non-hip-hop album to do that was Taylor Swift's Reputation album three years ago. So what can you say? She is a one-woman music industry. We knew this would be huge. She's also got three singles right now on the singles chart. So what can you say? Um, Mick Jagger has long coveted a film career that's kind of eluded him. But he's got his first uh, film role in 20 years. It's his first part since the film The Man from Elysian Fields. Yeah, I know. What? Um, He is in a film called The Burnt Orange Heresy with Donald Sutherland, Elizabeth Debicki, and Clay Spang. Um, It's a neo-noir thriller uh, in which he plays Joseph Cassidy, uh, Shady... um, art dealer who tries to get a washed-up art critic to steal a painting from a legendary and reclusive artist played by Sutherland. It's out on digital DVD and Blu-ray tomorrow, August 25th. So we'll see if this is his breakthrough role. Um, and great news for for everybody, whether you saw the Queen Adam Lambert tour last year and saw how great it was, or you missed your chance, um you've got a chance to check out these songs now because Queen and Adam Lambert will be releasing their first live album on October 2nd. Uh, It's called Live Around the World. It will be out worldwide on that day. Something to look forward to. And uh, we all need uh, a smile in these difficult times. And I came across one yesterday on Twitter, a tweet from uh, Jason Isbell. And the background on it... Bob Dylan bought a Malibu compound when you're when you're famous you have a compound um, he bought it, it back in 79 and uh, in the 40 some odd years since he's been renovating it and according to the Daily Mail it has boulders in the swimming pool and a basketball court and a trampoline and Jason Isbell the Americana artist tweeted the mental image of Bob Dylan on a trampoline is going to get me through this pandemic and you know what? Same. So if you, need a, if you need a smile, there you go. Let that mental image do it for you. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment. The blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. I've got a new post in the works as we speak, and we will catch you next time.
4: Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Wonder Woman 2 movie trailer. Now, we saw a lot of amazing trailers come out of the DC Fandom online convention this past weekend. One of those trailers was for the second Wonder Woman movie, which we had already seen one trailer that left a ton of questions and alluded to a rather lackluster villain at first, So I was really, really excited to see a second trailer that gave us a bit more substance to the film. And holy cow, this new trailer is everything I needed in this movie. Lots of action, some comedic moments, we finally got a look at Cheetah, which I am so excited for. I was excited to see another Wonder Woman movie, but was a little meh at the first trailer, and this one has me over the moon and ready to watch this film. I'm also still chuckling about the radar joke that they threw in there as well, since they're showing that they are going to be funny, but also still keep to a legit Wonder Woman movie. Also, that golden armor looks so freaking amazing. I will forever love the lassoing to the lightning bolts part that they showed us as well, because it's just so darn cool. So the first Wonder Woman movie had me in tears at how wonderful it was. Finally seeing a female superhero getting their own big screen movie was something that 13-year-old me would have never thought happened when I was a teenager working at a small comic shop in North Carolina. But now we're getting those, and they're getting the praise that they should be getting because they are well-made. I will be so excited to see this movie, whether it is on big screen or at home on demand. Either way, I am excited and I am ready for it. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out.
1: So that's going to wrap up another episode of the air station one podcast. Want to thank our guests for being here, Lucas. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, it's been way too long, my friend.
6: Yes, sir. It has. And I definitely thank you for um, having me here. And it's great talking science again with you guys.
1: Anything you want to shout out about, sir?
6: Again, and I hope to be here from you guys. Um, not much. Uh, just you guys stay safe. Oh,
1: definitely, definitely. That's what we all have to do. And Dr. Scott, thank you as always.
5: Oh, thank you, guys. It's an honor to always be able to talk silence with you guys. And to see Lucas again, haven't seen him in a while, so that's fantastic.
1: Anything you got to shout yes, out about, my Henry friend?
5: Oh, uh, well, uh, I'm uh, personally uh, surviving through the COVID by putting all my DVD collection into a Plex video server, so yay! Anybody out there that uh, loves the the Plex video server, I can chat about that for hours and hours. It's been lots of fun.
1: Awesomeness, and you know, Plex is a very unique system. Friends of mine have been trying to get me to move my music collection up there, so... It's just like, oh, I don't
5: know if I could do that. Once oh. <laughs> uh, you start, you can't stop. <laughs> I
1: know. This is me kicking and screaming, not trying <laughs> to let go of the 20th century.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to promote Dr. Geek?
5: Of course. Uh, Dr. Geek's Laboratory uh, Season 3 is in, uh, currently in production, and you can get it on the USO Network and on our website, your
1: Excellent. Thank you as always. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend.
2: And as always, it's my pleasure.
1: Anything you're going to shout out about, sir?
2: Yeah. I'm going to sh- give a shout out to another part of the ESO network and, uh, the folks at, uh, earth station DCU recently celebrated their 200th episode. Uh, wow. So, yeah, they've, uh, they're they're plugging along, and uh, I had the honor of joining them uh, this past week to talk about the season finale of June Patrol, which is a show that i've very much been enjoying uh, through this uh, quarantine era binging that show was crazy um you know it's almost as crazy as real life, not quite but almost uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know it's pretty crazy and uh, and the finale was great, and it was great to talk to drew. And Cletus about that. And uh, look, those guys have been, look, DC is going through some weird times. But the one thing that you can count on is that Drew and Cletus will be bringing you good DCU stuff, talk every every week through the network. So congratulations to them on uh, exceeding 200 episodes. And I, I think that's just that's the beginning for them.
1: As we like to say, most podcasts don't even make it past their 10th episode. So 200 is a pretty amazing milestone. So that is great. Congrats, guys. I remember when, you know, Drew came to me and said, you know, Mike, what would you guys think about us doing a DC, you know, podcast? And I said, sure, why not? You know, it'd be great. And so him and I helped put it together and it just went from there. So awesomeness, as always. Congrats, Drew. We're very, very happy and we're glad to have you part of the ESO network, which is pretty cool. My shout-out is actually a little bit of a bitch. So hold on, folks. It's been a while oh, since no. I've done it. I want to talk about Facebook, folks. You know? Ooh. 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 You know? <laughs> oh, Scott knows where I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people out there probably know where I'm going with it. Uh, basically, it is interesting because Facebook has been slowly uh, phasing in for their desktop app that they are created a new desktop that is ugly as hell and coming. And this is me in my real job. I'm a user experience architect. So I design websites. I build websites. I, I show people what's good and bad about building a website. Facebook didn't listen to anybody. Yeah. Right? And it is one of the worst designed pieces of garbage that I've ever seen, and it's just it's horrible, and the dark version and the light version it's, it's like, oh please, no, they're basically copying Twitter and Twitter went to the same yeah. way and and it's it's just it's not very user friendly it's not you know all it's putting out more advertising, if anything, and I think that's what they're trying to go for, and I see less stories and things by my friends and it's just harder. And I'm just, I'm not happy about it, folks. I'm not and I'm not going to take it anymore.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, so basically, I'd love to say it's there, but you know, it's not. And, you know, I'm not counting on Facebook ever advertising with us anyway. So you know, this is not going to ever hurt me. So you know, I just think it's crazy. And, you know, for a company that big to do something so silly, it's just, it's ridiculous. And especially in a day and age where websites are becoming more simpler and easier to use, Facebook went the opposite direction. And, you know, but there's no real alternative to Facebook. I know some people have. There needs to
5: be. Oh my I know, God. but
1: there's not. But, you know, it's, they're going to go the same way MySpace went. And, you know, and yes, I know some people are still using MySpace, but we're not going to talk about them right now. So, but it's, it's pretty awesome. So it's cool. But, you know, we did get a little piece of email, by the way. Um, You know, thank you for anyone who ever writes us. Uh, We've been getting a lot of comments, actually, on our past episode, Songs We're Embarrassed to Love. And it was actually, we got people saying, oh, yeah, Neil Diamond, ABBA, Perry Como, you know, stuff like that. It's just like, oh, really? One person said that, you know, back when they were growing up, they were embarrassed to like Weird Al. It's like, no, never. I know. It's like, how could you? No, 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 no. But we got an actual piece of email from uh, Kate Shaw. Kate, thank you for writing us Uh, She said, I enjoyed the songs We we Are Embarrassed to Love episode But y'all have perfectly Respectable, embarrassing songs How's this about this song? It's I've Never Been to Me By Charlene, which is one Of my playlists, even though I was Embarrassed at how much I liked it, even in 1982 When I was 13 and I had No taste. Oh, come on, 13-year-olds Have a lot of taste. I had great Taste when I was 13 And she then said, warnings, ultra corny spoken word segment from the 1982 fashions. And she sent us a link to a YouTube video. Cheers. Keep up the great work, Kate. That's very nice of her. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. So it is awesome. I
2: have that song on my playlist too.
1: So it is awesome to get email. Please write us, EarthStation1 at ESO Network, if you have any comments, any comments about science. We still want to hear what kind of songs you were embarrassed to about growing up or still. You know, we definitely would love to hear it. You know, the other day I was playing for Judy the Beat Farmers, hubba hubba hubba, you know, song. So it was awesome. And, you know. And so it's awesome to be able to do stuff like that or be able to have 80s videos that you love to watch or, you know, everyone has their little things that they get into and everything. But until then, my name is Mike Faber. On behalf of myself, Lucas Garrett, Scott Vigay, and of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, we will talk to you later here on the Air Station One podcast. Peace. And we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Our Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace and we're done.